Well, it's a very good evening and welcome along to another edition of The Score. Coming up on tonight's programme, Gavin Cullen will be joining us to look ahead to uh, Cockhill Celtic's clash with Finn Harps in the FAA Senior Cup, or Finn, Cockhill Celtic and Finn Harps' ties, rather, in the FAA Senior Cup. Former Underage Republic of Ireland International Maureen O'Donnell will be joining us very, very soon to reflect on Ireland's World Cup defeat to Australia. Yes, she is our ladies' GA correspondent, but she's also got international caps at football. Plus, we'll be hearing of the happenings this week so far at the Foil Cup, where nearly 600 teams have been competing. And uh, if we can squeeze them in towards the end of the programme, Sean McFadden should be here as well to tell us all about the Donegal Ultra Race, which incorporates 555 kilometres around Donegal. There's also 333 kilometres around the county. We'll hear all about it coming up shortly on the programme. But we're going to start with some football, which is going to kick off in just under 40 minutes' time at the Ryan McBride Brandywell Stadium. It's the Europa Conference League qualification uh, fixture for Derry City as they take on uh, HB Tershavin off the Faroe Islands. It's uh, well poised at 0-0 scoreless heading into tonight's second leg. Let's go to the Ryan McBride Brandywell Stadium now and uh, we're going to say hello to Martin Holmes. And uh, Martin, it's a big night for Derry. Derry going into the game, of course, probably tipped now his favourites for this one after their performance last week. Yes, but even before last week's game, people were talking about going to Funland for the, the second round. So massive pressure on Rory Higgins and the players from the, from the terraces and from the, the people across the city. But the boss and his players will only be fixed on what happens in the next 90 minutes. But to go away and not concede a goal and come back with a clean sheet and to be in the position they're in is, is a pretty good return. And he, he would have butt your hand off for that, no doubt. So what about team news for tonight, Martin? What's the lineup going to be for the Candy Stripes? Well, they've made two changes. Uh, will Patrick and uh, Jamie McGonigal will start in place of Danny Mullen and Shane McElhaney uh, both dropping to the bench. For Shavin are on change from the first leg. Um, Derry are in a good run of form. They're sitting third in the league. They're on the same points as St. Pat's. Uh, but goal difference sees them sitting in third on 43 points, four points behind Shamrock Rovers. Um, Derry's lineup is the usual strong one. It's, it's kind of a team that picks itself. Brian Mahers in goal, Ronan Boyce, Mark Connolly, Michael Duffy, Will Patching, Jamie McGonigal, Paul McMullen, one of their recent signings. Ben Doherty, uh, Sadio Diallo, Cameron McJanet is captain tonight, and Cameron Dummigan, um, who Derry have missed for quite a bit earlier in the season. So it's great for, the, for him and the, the players to have him back in the team. And they have a strong bench as well. I mean, Patrick and Shane McElhaney are on it, Brandon Kavanagh, Jordan McInef, Kean Kavanagh, um, Kieran Call, a very experienced head, has been very important to Derry this season in a number of different positions. Sometimes in the same match, he's played two, three different positions. So Derry are in a really good they're in a really good spot here. They've got a good full fit squad. They have plenty of experience. They're champing at the butt they go here. So um, the players are down warming up now with a coach on the pitch. And they, I'm sure, can't wait to get started and try and get through this 90 minutes because they start the defence of the FAA Cup on Sunday at home the afternoon. So it's a big few days for them and it all starts here now tonight yeah. just one question Mark before we let you go uh, it is a big week of course for football in the city the Foil Cup's taking place we're going to hear from Philip Devlin in just a few moments time but uh, a one tonight for Derry City would really cap off a, a festival of football in the northwest region well I've been at some of the games this week and um, I mean how they're fitting eight, 588 teams 2,500 matches and 10,000 players is a question only Philip can answer, and I know that next year 
they're bound to break 600 teams. So um, I won here tonight would be great if it left the, the local clubs that are doing so well in a foil cup from from age eight right up to the, the under 19. So uh, hopefully for the, the, the fans that are turning out here in numbers that the, the, the team can get uh, get the one that they need and move on. They, they face Athlone in a cup and then look forward to the next round in Europe. Okay, Martin Holmes, many thanks for joining us. The best of luck tonight. Derry City taking on HB Tershavin in the Europa Conference League qualification at the Ryan McBride Brandywell Stadium. It's 0-0 after the opening leg and uh, they're just about a half an hour away from the kickoff for the second leg there. Speaking of the Foil Cup, it has of course been a hugely successful and extremely busy week so far, but there's still a lot of other action to happen over the next couple of days. Uh, earlier today, uh, Highlands Jordan McDade caught up with Secretary of the Foil Cup, Philip Devlin. Philip, nearly 600 teams competing this week. How's it been so far? Uh, it's been very tiresome, so it has to be totally honest with you. But um, listen, the, the weather, the weather's proved very good for us. Um, the crowds are they've just broke every record. I'm sure you've probably seen the parade on Tuesday where there was about, we, we had over 10,000 people at it. Um, we've had just young kids out enjoying themselves day and daily. And to be honest with you, it's probably definitely the, the best World Cup we've had of all time. I saw John O'Shea was in town. How was that? Absolute gentleman. Absolute gentleman. So it was a son's actually playing for Altingham from England. And um, so we just found this out last week and, and John came and he was he very kindly spoke at the uh, spoke at the parade and also he's um stood aside for a lot of photos with a lot of young young players. So an absolute gentleman. We're very pleased and honoured to have him have him along this year. And how was the cross border support with the number of games taking place in Donegal? Uh, uh, fantastic! We couldn't we we couldn't have held such a large tournament without the support from the guys and and Ashone and Donegal. Um, absolute credit to the county. Um, they, they have helped us out so much this this week, and um, we continue to grow these relationships in the coming years. Has there been any standout moments this year? You see, to be honest, we it, it, it's it's very difficult because they, they they pinpoint anything because there's so much going on, and you don't want to say something and then miss out and other things, you know. But uh, for me, for me now, um, it seems as if the the, the the under the under nine girls final yesterday between Lumfield and Foyle Bells went before each, and then Lumfield won it in penalties. Lumfield won it in penalties. Uh, fantastic match. And what has the atmosphere been like compared to previous tournaments? Yeah, it's top class. The, um, probably this year, as I say, this year's probably been the biggest ever attended. Um, atmosphere is massive. Weller's good. There's the, the spectators are absolutely phenomenal this year. And I have to say too, well-behaved sidelines, which is something that we really pushed. And to be honest, with you, it seems to be working this year. Um, so it really is. It's been a, a spectacular week so far. Now with the Fall Cup over the midway mark, what is there to look forward to headed into the final few days? Yeah, well, we're really we'll be finishing up with the money soccer's tomorrow. You know, there'll be some fantastic finals at nine, ten, eleven. Um, you know, but really the business end comes tomorrow night and Fridays, where you've got the fourteen, seventeens, and nineteens finals. You know, you could potentially have an Institute Derry City final at seventeen. You know, I'm sure um, Bally Rain and I'm sure Youth League would have something to say about that. We're also at the 14s and 16s, 12s, 14s and 16s in the Brandywell on Saturday. You know, it's all heating up to be a, a, a real, real, real high, high class standard of uh, finals on uh, Friday and Saturday. Thanks, Philip, and uh, best of luck for the rest of the week. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Yeah, good stuff indeed. Philip Devlin, the Secretary of the Foil Cup. It's a big week for them, a very, very busy week. And. Uh, 
Fair play to everyone involved. They're doing an absolutely super job. Nearly 600 teams, 588 teams competing at the Foy Cup this year and they're heading into the final section now over the next couple of days. We're going for a commercial break. This is the score here in Highland. When we return, we'll be talking international ladies football and the World Cup. Be prepared for training and match day with kit and other essentials from all the top names at Michael Murphy Sports and Leisure. Sponsors of Sport on Highland. See michaelmurphysports.ie. And you're welcome back to the SCORE programme and we welcome on to the show Maureen O'Donnell. Maureen, a very good evening. Good evening, Ashin. How are you? I'm not too bad. Uh, Maureen, we normally talk Gaelic football, but today it's different uh, because we're talking the Women's World Cup. You have a bit of soccer experience. We'll give a bit of a background. Maureen has uh, underage caps at under-18 level for the Republic of Ireland and she has also won an FAI Intermediate Cup title with Kilmacran and Celtic and actually played in the same team as as Kira Grant. How long ago was that, Maureen? <laughs> I knew you'd ask me something like that. I'd say it's probably uh, 11 years ago. I'd say something like that there. Yeah. I think it was about 32 at the time. So can you believe that? That's yeah. me giving away my age now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, listen, Maureen, you know a thing or two about football, so you do. Um, how? Do, what What was your thoughts on that Irish performance today? Obviously, Australia won in it by a goal to nil, but Ireland sort of came to life after they went 1-0 down. Yeah, they sure did, I suppose. They... I guess they wanted to settle in, you know, going out. That's the first time a lot of those girls have went out to like a massive crowd like that. I think there were 75,000 in the stadium, you know, um, something that, you know, would be close to what would be in Crow Park on All-Ireland final day. And like the last big crowd they played in front of those girls was 7,000 maybe there in Dublin just before they left. So it's it's a huge change for them, like going out to the tunnel. I was watching them as, as the camera led them out to the tunnel and, you know, the nerves that they would be feeling and, the noise that's around the stadium, like you barely be able to talk to the player next to you, you know. Um, like I remember playing at Crow Park with only a couple of thousand there and the hum that was going around the stadium. So I can only imagine the atmosphere, how electric it was for those players going out there today. And so I thought they did steady the ship very well in the, in the first half and, and they kept Australia very much at bay. And then they pushed on in the second half, a lot more attack out of the Irish girls, you could see. They, they were on six and seven corners, like which is set pieces for them. So, you know, listen, they did huge. I, I thought they were very, very well, um, you know, um, against the Australians. The Australians are, are seated seven in the world, or, or sorry, the Australians are actually 10th in the world. Like, so, and it's they're hosting, you know, the World Cup games as well. So I, I thought Ireland did very well to keep them at that. And I mean, it was so unfortunate, the penalty, you know, had it been for that, I think Ireland could have kept the two and the lull draw. Bit of a soft penalty too, wasn't it, Maureen? It was, it was, you know, when you were looking at it, it was like, kind of, was she going to give it? But the referee seemed adamant at the time, but looking back on it, you know, it wasn't a clear-cut penalty at the same time, which is probably one of the things I'll be looking back at tonight, thinking, you know, we could have had a, a, an all draw here uh, only for that. Like, And listen, those are the kind of decisions that will go for you some days and against you other days. And I think they just have to get over that now and get on to the next, you know, game as well. Yeah. I was very disappointed that Amber Barrett didn't get on the field, Maureen, because in her, in her lead-up interviews, um, I would see her as one of the leaders in the group. And you know you've got a leader in the group when there's somebody out front and centre all the time representing the group and speaking to the media and speaking the way that that, that that she does. And I thought with eight, nine minutes to go that maybe that was the time to, to spring her on one because you know that anything can happen with, with Amber. You mentioned Croke Park there. It was like Croke Park coming at 75,000. She said that this was going to be her Croke Park moment and it never happened for her morning. 
Yeah, I, I suppose it was hugely disappointing um, from a Donegal pr- perspective as well, you know, given that Amber, you know, is a native of Donegal. And as you say, she she has gained a lot of traction and publicity over the last the last while because she's responsible for, you know, in a, in a manner of speaking, she's responsible for the, one of the big reasons why um, Ireland are in the World Cup. You know, she scored that immersively great goal uh, against uh, Scotland and and the qualifying groups and you know after that she she did a wonderful interview on uh, uh with the media and then she was she was again on uh, the late late show as well where she was fantastic and she speaks fantastic and as you say she has leadership ability and leadership quality and you know I think everybody was watching the sidelines today and there was mention of her coming on near the end and you know when you hear of Amber coming on you you almost immediately think a goal you know so as you say with maybe ten minutes to go. It was disappointing from an Irish perspective, um, that and from from our own perspective here in Donegal that Amber didn't get on the field, you know. And yeah. listen, uh, you know, there's a panel of players there, and you know, Vera Vera Pau is, you know, she makes some some funny decisions and she makes some great decisions. The way at, at the end of the day, she's responsible for them being in the World Cup, so she's brought a great panel of players together there. We'll be hoping to see Amber again because, as you say, she's a huge. Um, she has huge leadership qualities on the field and she's definitely capable of getting those goals and we will need that against Canada, she? Yeah. Kira uh, Grant, of course, is part of the squad as well. A girl that you know very, very well. Maureen, and as we said at the outset there, that, that you've played with her. But she's, of course, has been around this Ireland group now for, for a number of years and has and has had limited time. And it's it's probably going to take something within the, the Ireland camp drastic to happen, is it, if Kira is going to get some game time? Yeah, listen, again, it will be lovely to see Kira, Kira getting out there and getting on the field. You know, I speak about all the players there that are on the line. I'm sure they all want to get a taste of getting out there and playing in a World Cup. You know, it's one thing to get there, but it's a, it's a great thing to be able to wear the jersey out in the field and participate. And Kira brings something special to a team. You know, she's hugely skillful player. Um, she's very settled on the ball. And, you know, she's very versatile as well. So, Kira, you can play her really anywhere. And I think that's one of the reasons why she's in the squad. And also, I feel that Kira's in the squad because she brings a huge amount to a panel of players. Her leadership, the way she talks, her influence around girls on the field. And, you know, and also Kira's just a great girl like Amber. She's just a fantastic person and a great friend as well to make in a, a, a situation like that. So, you know, you know, you know, these girls add a lot, a lot to the play on the field, but. As a panel of players, they add enough enough inspiration and motivation to the whole team as well. So that's one of the reasons I think um, Vera Powerhouse are on the team, on the squad as well. And, you know, from again, from a Donegal perspective and from my own, they're both good friends of mine, Amber and uh, and Claire Grant. I'd love to see them out there and love to see them getting some game time. And we hope maybe, you know, over the next two games, you might see that. Um, I suppose it really depends on how they get on now against Canada and then going into the Nigeria game. Yeah. And maybe a lot of them players might get a run out. So it'd be great to hopefully see us so. as well. Hopefully so. And hopefully we'll get Amber on and maybe getting a goal. And it'd be nice to get a goal against Nigeria, win the match and go to the knockout stages, morning. Yeah, listen, it will be absolutely lovely. Like if they, you know, manage to get a good result now against uh, Canada on Wednesday, uh, you know, go on maybe a one against Nigeria could go down to goal difference, and you just never know. Ireland could be going through the knockout stages, and I guess that's that's what these girls are really wanting. But you know, but when we bring it all back and strip it all back, Oshin, 
it's fantastic that they're in the World Cup, that they're representing us on this platform. Like, and 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 for the Irish team, for these panel of players to be in the World Cup at this stage, that was a massive bonus for these girls. So it's an even bigger bonus now if they could get out of the group stage. And I think that's what they're working on. And Katie McCabe said today in her interview that they were hugely disappointed not to have beaten such a calibre of a team since Australia. Like Australia, you can see where their heads at, Ash, and they really, really want to want and do well out there and perform and, and make their country, uh, the country and their family and friends proud you know yeah well hopefully get the result now in the next couple of matches uh, Maureen many thanks for uh, for joining us we'll probably be talking soccer for a few weeks so we will we'll have to park uh, the gaff that's, for that's a while. no problem Washington. we'll keep <laughs> it's a nice change for you is it yeah. say it again it's a nice change for you it's a nice wee change oh, the, the Gaelic's all done now so we'll just we'll ha- we'll keep uh, the, the flag frame playing with the Irish team okay good on thanks Maureen we'll talk to you soon there you go. That's uh, Maureen O'Donnell there talking international ladies football and of course the Women's World Cup taking place down under. Uh, OK, let's now go to another big game for Cockhill Celtic who welcome League of Ireland First Division opposition in Bray Wonders. That game's at the Charlie O'Donnell Sports Grounds this coming Saturday. They will clash in the first round of the FEA Senior Cup and there will be live coverage here in Highland from the 2 o'clock kickoff. I'll be joined by Keith Cowan in the commentary position and we'll have uh, live regular updates in association with McKenna's Londis and Circle K filling station in Budcrana. Now Cockhill have dropped to junior football after the dissolve of the Ulster Senior League but this Saturday they have the chance to make history if they can beat Bray and that would be their first ever one over a League of Ireland side in the Senior Cup if it was to happen. Manager Gavin Cullen has been speaking to me this week where we looked ahead to that tie the Finharps Cup game against uh, Kilbarrick United, which is taking place tomorrow night. And we also discussed the drop to any show in league football. Gavin, as always, you're welcome along to the SCORE programme in Highland. Thanks, Austin. Yeah, well, listen, before we start talking about your game coming up this weekend, because you are play Bray, playing Bray Wanders in the FEI Senior Cup, we'll also mention the Harps match against Kilbarrick. Um, you now have a direction and which way the club is going to be playing its football next year. Uh, intermediate level football in the northwest is gone. Ulster Senior League's gone. There was no solution to keep intermediate football. And from Cock Hill's point of view, you're now drop, dropping down to the junior leagues. You're going to play in the Premier Division of the Inishon League. How is that sitting with you today, Gavin? Ah, uh, look, it's uh, it's accepted at this point. Um, the Ulster Senior League, the way it was uh, the last maybe two three years, was was struggling. Um, it was on its last legs. It needed intervention. It needed, it needed the leagues and the football people in the county to come together to to try and save intermediate football, or or, or that level. I suppose um, the the major disappointment for me was it was let go so far and 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 let let go. Now in terms of the Australian League being let go at this point, I think it's probably the right thing to do, and I think that. Um, Ourselves and Bonnegies and stuff like that, or and Larry Kennys are, are dropping down the junior football for the simple reason there's nowhere else to play, there's nowhere else to go. Um, I, I do believe, and and with various meetings with the FAA and stuff, that the, the FAA have a long term plan to create pyramids and, and and structures in football that aren't there, and and hopefully in in twelve months time or in six months time we we know exactly what that pathway is. And in twelve months' time, we'll be introducing it, and and that's that's the sort of hope, you know, because look, there, there's there's a level of footballers in the county that should be testing themselves and pushing themselves to the best level they can. Um, obviously, at the minute, that's that's only shown in Donegal League uh, is the best that we can probably 
go to. So look, we just have to we have to do that and we have to embrace it and 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 hopefully we'll add to it. And I did I do believe us going to the National League will add to the to the league itself. Uh, and 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 up, and up the standards a bit as well, which which can up, can only be good for for in the show in football. But in terms of Cockle as a club, I think long term they 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 do have to be looking at a bigger picture and 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 speaking to the FA and talking to them that, that they feel the same for Cockle as a club that the, the possibility of maybe moving up to a third tier or something if if it's introduced as as a realistic goal. After, off the back of last year, Gavin, you're dropping down to intermediate football. Have you managed to keep the core of your squad or have you managed to keep everybody at, at, at Cockhill? Well, look, that's the question I think everybody is asking. And I nearly get the feeling that everybody wants us to break up, wants the group to, to fail, wants the group to move on. But look, thankfully it's not happened. Every single player we have is still there. Um and and there there was no real issues with that. Um, from from an outside point of view, we've a real camaraderie and we went through a lot last last couple of years as a group. And the dressing room is fantastic. The players understand that they're playing and a proper team in a proper football club, and the players want to be there. Um, they they love they love it there. The training's good. Obviously, the success we have on the pitch is is shown in that, and it's probably a a better pill to swallow for them players that they don't get another chance at well, I'm not ruling it out because the FAA have, have actually invited us to play in the Intermediate Cup this year if we want to. We haven't decided that ourselves, but I don't I'd say more than likely we'll play in the FAA Junior Cup. But um like again to, to go from being one of the strongest intermediate teams and clubs in the country, if not the strongest, um, to to be being forced and they drop on a level for these for that group of players is harsh. Like, and it's it's tough. It's a tough one to take for them. It's a tough one to take for myself, you know. But but it is the reality. So, I think going forward over the next twelve months, I think I think we need to enjoy our football and, and go and play and go and play different teams. And 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 as well as that, we're going on the league where it's well run, and the fixtures are set out. You no know, one for two three month periods at a time. We know where we're at. We know where we're going. We know what we need to do, which is. Which is the part I'm looking forward to, to be honest, because we had spells we we had a few weeks at a time without games, and that's not good for players either, you know. So that's that's the real positive. Plus, we have a lot of derby matches in the show, and and teams will be look will be really really wanting to get a get a go at us, I would say, and and, and test ourselves against us as well. But but there's a reality with that, Gavin, because like you were one of the top sides on intermediate level. And in, hmm. in, in the country, and you're now dropping down to junior football, and you have a group of players that have played at a higher standard of football. And this is with no disrespect to any of the the, the teams that are in in the Inishowen Premier Division. There might only be one or two that's able to put it up to you in that competition. Yeah, look, I I I probably agree with that. Um, I I think I think the most of the teams in the National League won't want to see this group of players coming. Um, but look, it's it's not our fault. Um, we've tried everything to try and stay up a level. And if we if we had somewhere else and a, and a, and, a, and an opportunity to even go to another level or somewhere jurisdiction, we probably would have explored that. But at this point in time, the National League is our best option. Um, and and for the players themselves, they just have to sort of try and keep their standards. We we we're going to do everything we can off the pitch to 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 keep the level the way it is. Um. And I think the players so far in training and preseason have been have been very good, and I think they they genuinely want to keep the standards up as well. Now, in the long long term, 
like I wouldn't expect I wouldn't expect this club or, or these group of players to to stay in junior football for the the rest of their careers or anything like that. But you know, um, I'm hoping it's just a 12 month period that we we have to do it and see what happens after that. Are they holding out for for the 12 months to see what the next step is going to be? Well, no, I do, uh, yeah, I would think so, as as uh, say a lot of the players are. But look, the, the options are limited. Look, we have, we have, we've we've instituted their view who are at championship level in the north. And to be perfectly honest, our first team squads is every bit as strong as theirs. We played them both in pre-season friendlies and beat them both. Um, the, it's it's on the players' doorstep. They're not going to make a lot of money elsewhere. They have to travel a lot. You know, a bar of fun harps coming in and the players can come up to that and the full-time training and stuff like that or, or a Derry City or Coleraine. No, I feel sorry for the players because there isn't a hell of a lot of options in the Northwest for them, which is real. It's a real pity. So, like, probably in their eyes at, at the minute, like, we probably are they're still their best option and their best way of enjoying and having success on the pitch and off the pitch as well. Yeah. You know. Uh, you've added a few, have you, in the close season? You've kept We've added one or two of you. We've no, we've kept everybody. We obviously lost Adam McCarron to the tail end of last season. He he went to Australia, um. He so he's he must stay end of the season. But we've kept every single player from from last season. Um, we've added Kieran Gallagher, um, former Harps keeper, brilliant signing for us. Harry actually hurt his knee a few weeks ago, so we're panicking a bit. But Kieran, look, well, the foot one phone called him and he he was on board and his his attitude has been first class this last week or so since he came in. So he's in and a young lad Zach Mullen who caught my Ivy Harps a few years ago. He played last year with Mavall and he's shown the league and he looks lively and he's done quite well. Uh, there's a couple of other young lads in the training coming up from the youth setup. Connor Graham, Austin Crawford, um, will be in around the first team squad this year, and uh, Keely McCoggins obviously available from now till. Um, suppose that on a golf setup starts again in December, so we 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 we've we've added good players um to what we have. Um, at the minute we have Harry, who's injured, Adam Duffy and Paddy Slevin, who are both long term injuries from last season. But all or not, we have a full clean bill of health for the weekend. Yep, uh, you're listening to our players there, Gavin. And if you were preparing for an intermediate season, it would be it would be a seriously strong strong squad. So it would, but oh, it is absolutely. We look, we have 22 players in our on our first team panel, and to be honest, you could put out any one of the 22, and there is a like for like for each other. Um, their attitudes are first class. They're training, they're they're training, and and the way they look after themselves first class. And look, I expect that to continue with them. I'm not gonna because we're going to so-called junior football or whatever that the boys can take their foot off the gas. I don't. I don't believe they should. I don't believe they. They need to. I think if they if they keep doing their things right and keeping their standards high, they'll enjoy it more than than dropping their standards. But the, look, that's that's the asset test. Come you no know, four or five months down the line, we we need to be keeping our standards high and pushing ourselves because it, look, there's a lot of competitions they play in. A lot of competitions that the, we haven't. I haven't been involved in myself ever. You know, so um, again, you'll go out to try and win them and win everything if, if you possibly can. That's that's the motivation. Like. Yeah. And the other side, if you mentioned it already, listen, with you guys coming in and having such a strong squad, the other sides are obviously looking around and going, listen, we need to improve ourselves too if we want to sort of half compete here. 
Absolutely. Look, I have no doubt. Look, the, the teams will compete with us. Absolutely. Like we we played Bonkrana and Greencastle last season, and 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 then the Ulster Senior Cup, and they were two brilliant games, and 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 they were two brilliant crowds. Like so, they the, them types of fixtures are starting to look forward to. Like because like we had good crowds going to our games this last six months or so. And I expect that to continue. Like, you know, a, a derby with Bunkrana Hearts has been missed, you know, so we possibly will have three or four of them next season, which is fantastic for the area because they did such a great season last season as well. We played that Greencastle team in the final and they look, they're very good players. So they have, uh, Alia obviously have always a good pedigree as well. Glengad, you know, they're, we're looking forward to it in a different way. You know what I mean? Um, obviously, them teams coming to Carcull will be apprehensive. But at the same time, you would like to think they'll embrace it and, and come come with the right attitudes to give it a proper go. Yeah. Well, listen, Gavin, you're on the score tonight. Look forward to a match this coming weekend. Bray Wanders, first division in the League of Ireland, are heading to the Charlie O'Donnell Sports Ground. It's a big game for the club. Yeah, huge game for the club. Look, we've been we've been extremely lucky over the last ten or twelve years. The amount of look, I think this is our fifteenth game against senior opposition. Our League of Ireland opposition between the League Cups and FA Senior Cups. So it's fantastic for the club, fantastic for the group of players. And look, we're expecting a big crowd and, and, and like a, a real good test for us on Saturday. Can you win this game on Saturday? We can, of course we can. Um, it'll be very, very difficult. It'll take an unbelievable amount of luck and things to go our way. But look, it's a game of football and, and look, over 90 minutes, most teams can beat anybody. You know, we're, they're Bray are a good side. They're they're strong. They're 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 a ped, they've pedigree in the League of Ireland. A lot of experienced players, but at the same time, they're not really setting the world alight. So you never know. Like we played UCD away at this stage last year, and UCD were excellent on the day and really really good. I don't think Bray are as good as that side, but at the same time, you know they, they're expected to win. But look, we're going to give it a proper proper go and see where it takes us. Like. Yeah. What's Cockhill's history been like in the in the senior cup? You did beat Galway, didn't you, at one time in a league cup? They beat uh, Galway in the league cup, yeah. Um must be eleven, twelve years ago now. Um uh, we've lost we lost a few times odd goals. So we lost two one nulty harps and three two to harps. We lost four three to Drahada. We lost one nil twice away to Longford. Uh we lost one nil away to Galway in a league cup. Limerick we played Limerick at home, they beat us 2-0. And we played Longford at home, they beat us 2-1 at this stage of the FA Senior Cup. And then we lost 3-0, which was our heaviest defeat away to UCD last season. You know, so we, we've been in there thereabouts games, but that's the way it is against League of Ireland opposition. Look, you'll be in a game, it'll be tight, it'll be thingy, but no, they pick you off and they pick their moments and get their goals and they're, they're very hard to peg back in then, you know, so yeah. that's the way the games have and really you went. You have everybody available to take it? Everybody available bar Harry, Adam Duffy and Paddy Slevin have a full squad always. Okay, and you'll take a 1-0? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Listen, there's another game involving the Northwest side this weekend as well, Finn Harps. Uh, did you watch them last week, Gavin? Because it was, was, it's been all yeah. changed around Finn Park. Uh, wholesale yeah. changes by, by the manager, but uh, things are starting to look up again for them. Yeah, I watched them against Bray and then I watched the game up against Cove last week, which was a fantastic result. Um, yeah, they look, they look a bit of a different animal. They look like they're a lot more physical and stronger and better shape about them. And obviously they conceded three goals last week, but the, no, they always were looking like they could win the game or going to win the game. And 
felt I felt against Bray they, they shaded it. They were the better side as well. So look, it's looking a lot more positive than it was for the first first half of the season. Obviously, bringing nine players in and a transfer window was a big big statement. You know, but it looks like all the players they brought in was a bit more experienced and a bit more nice. You know, which which they probably were missing, and and obviously. They felt that that they needed them because they've all went straight into the team. Yeah. There was no wholesale changes, so I, I don't know what that says for the rest of the squad players that were there at the start of the season or they're moving a few on or whatever. But look, it looks a lot more positive at this point. And look, I would expect them. Go they look like back. they can score moving forward, which is which is good, Gavin. And they do, they, they do, they've they've a bit of pace there, and they look like a bit of ingenuity in midfield as well. You know, floods always, all, all obviously been amongst the goals recently and and stuff like that. And young Sean O'Donnell got his goal and Dixie got his goal the weekend. So look, it's looking, it's looking a hell of a lot more positive for sure. Yeah. Have you been talking to any of your 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 Harps friends about Bray? Have you? Um, I got a bit of information from from a couple of people at Harps, and um, thankfully, and I got a video as well. So look, thank them for that. Um, that look, you get as much information. I've got plenty of information as well from. From a few other sources, and like, and I've got as much as I need on them, you know, um, as much as you can use. But like, on the day will will be the main thing. We'll set up as best we can, but it's it's how they perform on the day and how they do really would dictate the result more than anything. Just back to the Harps game, Kilbarrick United are a Leinster Senior League side. What sort of opposition are they going to be for Harps on Friday? Uh, they'll be tough enough. Kilbarrick have just got promoted from the Division One down there, so they're they're in the Premier Division. So look. Any any time we've played any of the teams from Dublin, look, it's tough. They're good. The good players are full of good players, full of players that probably a mix of ex League of Ireland players and some players that probably should be there, but you know can't come at it for various reasons. So they'll be good. But look, again, there's a huge advantage for Harps the fact that they're in mid season and Kilbarrick are probably only back training a couple of weeks, maybe one or two friendlies. So that 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 should should alone be enough for Harps to get the result, but. At the same time, I think a, a cup run would do Harps well, and I think they'll go quite strong and try and win the game and and move on because it, it'd be it'd be really disappointing if they didn't if they didn't beat Kilbarrick on Sunday. Yeah, you would expect them to have too much. Listen, a Harps cup run would be good. A Cockhill cup run would be good as well, Gavin. To meet each other in all the latter rounds would be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> Listen, uh, the best of luck on Saturday. We'll be talking to you after the game on Saturday. Myself and Keith Counter heading down that way. We're going to give a bit of coverage from the Charlie O'Donnell Sports Grounds and, and we're looking forward to it. Hopefully you get the result, Gavin. Good man. Thanks very much, Jason. Thank hey, you. There you go, Gavin Cullen. Looking forward to another uh, big weekend for Cockhill Celtic. Uh, speaking of Finn Harps, they've announced Sean O'Donnell signed a new two-and-a-half-year deal, keeping him at Finn Park until the end of the 2025 season. O'Donnell has been a key player for the club this season, registering two goals and six assists and 18 appearances, including the winning goal in last Friday's thriller against Cove Ramblers. In horse racing, Luke McAteer has won his 13th race of the year. He was victorious at Leopardstown earlier today. McAteer was on board special one, winning a 10-3 for trainer Patrick Foley. Well, the weekend's club fixtures here in Donegal on the GA front start tonight. Bunkrana are playing the holder Satanta in the Senior Hurling Championship uh, down in Bunkrana. 
As for the other games in the Hurling Championship tomorrow, it's Cairndun against Eru, Dunhill play McCool's and Bertigon St. Unans. There's also a Division 2 match taking place tomorrow evening with Milford against uh, Ardra. And in the All-County League in Division 2, it is the final weekend of games and there's the rest of those matches are all taking place on Saturday evening. Now, Glenn Swalley and Neve Columba are already promoted and already into the final, but who will get the playoff spot at the moment? Boncrana have it. But they are playing Glen Swilly and Bunkrana need to beat Glen Swilly to make the playoff against Glen Finn. If they lose and Dunlow win away at Letterkenny Gales, Dunlow then will move into third and into that playoff spot. While at the other end of the table, Red Hughes need to beat Fanad Gales down in Fanad if they are to stay up. But a defeat for Red Hughes on the road and a Burt one at Neve Breed would mean Burt would be safe and Red Hughes would drop to that promotion playoff uh, position. Uh, the Gaelic Masters Association Championship continues on Saturday as well for Donegal as they look for a fourth one of the campaign. They're playing the Antrim Masters. That's at McCool Park in Balbuffet. Two o'clock start to that one on Saturday. And it's a big weekend of matches on the ladies' front. The Donegal Club League Finals are taking place. The Division 1 decider is Neve Connell against Terman. The Division 2 gold final, Dunlow against Fanad Gales. The silver final, Kelly Beggs against St. Nulls. And the bronze Division 2 final is Neve Columba against St. Mary's Convoy. Division 3 gold final, Glen Swilly meet Kilcar. Division 3 silver, Arua will play St. Michael's. And the Division 3 bronze final is Red Hughes against Terman 2. Well, in athletics, there is two days of action this weekend in Tullamore and Offaly for the National Juvenile Track and Field Championships. It's day two and day three. Lots of Donegal athletes down there competing and hoping to bring medals back up the road this weekend. So we're going to go for a quick commercial break. Stay tuned. On the way, we're talking bikes and the Donegal Ultra Wild Atlantic Way Race. Sport on Highland is brought to you by Michael Murphy Sports and Leisure Letter Kenny with premium running footwear from top brands like Asics, New Balance, Brooks, Adidas and Under Armour. See michaelmurphysports.ie And you're welcome back to the concluding part of the score. And uh, in studio, uh, we have to say a very good evening to Sean McFadden. Sean, how are you doing? Uh, very well, Ashin. Thank you very much you're for having us on board again. You're welcome back. It's been a while since we had you in. Uh, well, probably just 12 months, I would say. Uh-huh. But you're home for good now, aren't you? You were travelling the world. You were in Dubai for the last, what, five years or so. But yeah, we you're did. back. you're back now. We did five years, yeah. We're right. back home now. We've settled in again and uh, we've had a, a fantastic time. But home's always home and it's nice to come back, you know. So, yeah, we'll yeah. knuckle down and... Brace the winter months. And Eugene McGettigan will be very happy to have you back so you can actually lay a bit of hard work now on this ultra race because you left everything to him when you were away, Sean. Well, I always <laughs> do. And to be fair, Eugene, this race would not go on without him because he does a lot of work behind the scenes. And then I come here and I start talking and everybody thinks it's my race. But no, it's a two-way affair. And, you know, it's nice to have him on board. And we couldn't do it without, we couldn't do it without him, you know, to be fair. The 11th of August is the day of the race, so we're uh, several weeks out from it, Sean. Uh, what can we expect in the 2023 edition? Yeah, we're, say, a couple of weeks out. This is our eighth year now of the 555, and uh, it's been going from strength to, from strength, to strength, and uh, this year is the same, and, you know, I mean, we're very honoured to have a full field again. We have over 115 riders on the road on the 11th of August so um, I could just shout out there to the public like around the surrounding areas of the, the Wild Atlantic Way and just um, we'll try and be safe on the roads and we'll like, we'll brief the riders to make sure that they know the rules of the road and, and everybody else out there if they can just keep a good eye out and if they see it come out and cheer them on and 
let's see how it goes you know it's an yeah. exciting time to the normal person this seems a bit nuts Sean so it does like uh, these people are taking on 555 kilometres uh, and 333 kilometres yeah. around the coastline of Donegal yeah. which is not easy because no. it's seriously hilly and seriously there's hilly. And, the, and there's yeah. Percentages and claims are very, very difficult in, yeah. in, in, in Donegal. Um, so who are the people that are coming here this year that we need to watch out for? Who's going to be the ones that are going well, to tackle this? And because, because there's, river, there's riders that do this, Sean, and they just do it once and that's it. Yes. They've ticked the box. Ticked they've the won box. it. So there, it's, there's, we don't see many people coming back to defend the title doing this. So what, what can we expect this year? You know, uh, the way cycling is going at the minute, uh, you know, endurance cycling has took off massively, massively over, the, over Ireland or all over the world, you know, and we've seen that o- over the years with, uh, you know, the Ron McLaughlins and the Joe Bars and the Jason Blacks and all these people that have come to, to, to test it, you know. So um, this year... Um, the field is opened. Um, we don't have a sta- an, an outstanded favourite, but if I, when myself and Eugene are looking at the start list, there's a few there that has come back that uh, this year could challenge the win. And you know we've got Mark Cassidy there from the Aerial Cycling Club that has done last year's five five five, and he's done the Mayo, um, the Wild Atlantic, other uh, Mayo uh, five hundred, I think it yeah. is. So you know he's there. Um, uh, Michael Flood's there from Emmyville Second Club that I think Michael finished second last year in the 5-5-5 so you know we have a few unknown people there triathletes that are coming that have maybe uh, had a bit of an injury from uh, running or from swimming so they're taking on endurance cycling this year so the field is massively opened up we have no out way winner at the minute you know so we're excited about that and this has happened a couple of years you know, last year was Ron McLaughlin and Mark McGinley and the Mitchell McLaughlins. Where this year the boys haven't towed the line yet because of other commitments. So it opens the field up to, you know, I'm not saying uh, a, a Joe Blog writer, but yeah. it opens the field up to a, a writer that trains hard for the yeah. five 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 and it's still at, at a very very high level. A very high level, yeah. yeah. For and sure, it's, you know? and when you added the three three three, it opened up at even the competition. Even it opened more. it up even more, you know, because you know the five 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 is a tough challenge. It's like yeah. seven thousand meters of climbing. It's not for the faint-hearted out there. And, you know, and we've had riders tried it and failed it, and we've had riders that we know that is endurance riders and failed it, you know what yeah. I mean? And we've seen it over John Breslin here done it and, and, and he finished did. it. He did, John Breslin He did was it. sore for yeah. a long time afterwards. Yeah. But, but And when you compare that to John, who wouldn't be seen as... John likes to go out on the bike, but he wouldn't be. He wouldn't actually see him... No. He wouldn't enter a, 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 a bike, bike race. race. So he wouldn't. Yeah. So you could call him a leisure cyclist yes. and finishing it. Yes. But we had one of the top guys from... The cycling network, the C, the the GNC, uh, GCN, that, GCN, the GCN yep. that was here, yes, that couldn't finish it, yes, and he has read the Welta and he read the Giro yeah. and like he was a a pro for years, like yeah. and he didn't finish, you know. And we, I've watched Connor Dunn, the guy that works for GCN, he did a big bike race there recently in um, the Netherlands. It was a, a gravel bike race, yeah. and the small clip was on GCN. What was the toughest race that you ever did? And it was the five five five. So it's like it's out there. It's yeah. world known and like some, I think it's that well known now. Some people are feared of it; they're scared of it because it's so tough. It's just like that coastline that we have. It's 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 brutal, you know. It's it's crazy stuff. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of people involved in the three 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 and the five five five. Um, three three three. Quickly, maybe a couple of contenders off the top of your head. Well, it's a, also with the three 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 this year, we've got eight unsupported in the three three three, and we've got nine unsupported in the five five five. 
in the the five 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 this year we've only one lady and she's a local girl again and she's testing herself and she's she set a new course record this year actually in the Joe Bar two hundred uh, and that's young Alison Higgins so Alison's not coming here for nothing I would say on the back of her mind she's here to try and get a new course record take it away from Lorraine that has set the course record on so the five five isn't yeah. it from Monaghan or Cavan so she has the record in five 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 and she's the record in the three 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 so I'll say Alison's coming. To give it a, a a good go, you know. Right. So, Mark Hunter on the LK bikes. Yes, himself and Sean McDade last week. Last week, yes, broke a record yes. of seventeen hours for a team, a two, two team, team, two and team. The weather was horrendous. Horrendous. It was terrible. Yes, uh, when you see them cross the finish line and Malin Head and the driving yeah. rain, yeah. but they done it in seventeen hours and twenty five minutes. I'm thinking off the top of my mm-hmm. head here. Uh, so, Mark Hunter. Is coming and the LK Hunt, Bikes team is going to LK Bikes is coming with a two man team, uh, Mark and um, his name has left me, but they're coming with a team. So the two man team, Mark Fagan, I think it is. Mark it, Fagan, yeah. yes, that's right. Sorry, Mark Fagan. Um, the two man team is going to be a real good battle because you've got Mark Hunter and his team, and then you've got, to me, I call them the Ballyar Flyers, it's Kevin Holian and Shawnee Holian, the two brothers. Yeah. So they're coming and they're going to, they're competitive. Kevin and Shawnee are so competitive and the boys are so competitive so it's really going to be a ding-dong battle race in that two-man team yeah. without a doubt, you know. Okay, so anyway, very, very exciting times ahead, Sean. Yeah. Oh, no, it's, 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 yeah. it's, 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 it's um, we're excited, you know, and in the three-three-three this year we've got um, Eve, uh, she's coming to do, as Eve McDermott, sorry, she's coming to do a solo three-three-three. so, un- or, sorry, unsupported. Yeah. So that's exciting, you know, the, this, the, this time of year now it's like, uh, unsupported is getting very popular so no we're, we're we're good to go Yeah, and a lot of leisure rider, riders do it for the charity element yes, to, so they yes, do yes. Show, they? every year we have a lot of riders come to do it for charity so you know we've raised a lot of money for charity over the years so um, if any charities are out there and um, they want to they want to give it a plug so just contact me and Eugene and we'll, we'll we'll put it on the page and we'll take it from there you know so and I suppose, you know, just a shout out to the, our sponsors this year, as again, as LK Bikes, where we do the car check, uh, the Mount Errigal Hotel. Um, we couldn't do it without them. You know, the support that we have with our crew behind us, everybody knows who the crew are, the McGinley brothers, you know, James Harkin and his family that organised the Osmond Centre down there, the halfway point. Um, this year we've got that uh, as a pur- purple, purple, purple velvet, yeah. the, the coffee shop the wee coffee um, truck shop she's coming this year so it's going to be exciting times you know um, Donegal International Rally they give us an end of the ramp, ramp every year so uh, we're ready to go on the 11th of August you know yeah well listen Sean we wish you all the best of luck with it okay coming up the 11th of August next month Donegal Ultra Wild Atlantic Way Race uh, which is not for the faint hearted um, the 555 is, is is the big one so the very best of luck with you and Eugene and everybody competing I'm sure we'll be talking again closer to the time yeah, okay. There you go. That is uh, Sean McFadden. And that's it from the score. Just before we leave you, we're going to check to see how Derry City are faring out in Europe this evening. They, of course, are taking on HB Tor Shavin in the second leg of the Europa Conference League qualifier. 11 minutes into the first half of the second leg, and it remains scoreless. Derry City nil, HB Tor Shavin nil. And that is it from the programme uh, for tonight. Don't forget, if you missed any of the show, uh, you will be able to listen back on our website, hannonradio.com. Chris Ashmore is back with our next sport tomorrow morning after the 8.30 news from myself and producer George. Jordan McDade, we wish you a very good evening. Enjoy the rest of your Thursday.